quiz time. Yay! Oh God. Hey, Joe. I've got a microphone. All good. Hey, everyone. Ah, oh, it's great to be back. Um, yeah, maturity. That's the one for the day. Are we excited? I'm going to talk about a story about something that was a little immature. Uh, when I was four, I'm um, sorry, I'm just going to clean my glasses while I tell this story. When I was four, I got given a joke book from my grandparents. Now, I loved this joke book. It was Top 1001 Cool Jokes with Glenn Singleton. Does anyone recognize this book? Oh, yeah, nice. Now, um, given that I was a child and given that I have a propensity for immaturity, um, I got given this gift with a condition, and that was that the gross section would never be opened. My grandparents did not trust me with the gross section of this book. As a matter of fact, the, the pages with the gross jokes on them were actually like stapled shut. I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. My grandparents did not think that my four-year-old mind could deal with jokes like this. How do you make a tissue dance? You put a little boogie into it. Yeah. Yeah, see? Crickets. It wasn't even a good joke. Come on, granddad. Not on. Now, as we grow up as people, as we grow up as Christians, we mature. Um, if, if you are the same level of maturity by world standards as you are now, uh, than you were when you were a child, that would be a problem. Like if you have like five-year-old level maturity, but you guys are in year seven, year eight, that's a bit of a worry. We are, we are called to grow. We're called to grow up uh, in terms of worldly maturity and things like that, like taxes and superannuation and, oh, um, I've been doing some of that and it's not been fun. But we're also called to grow up in Jesus. And that's what maturity is all about. Now, this isn't being mature as in just, yeah, not making fart jokes and talking about the stock market, but how to love Jesus more and more and more. How to hear from him more. How to learn how to obey him more. And that's what maturity is. This letter from Paul to the Philippians that we just had read uh, is a, a letter from Paul to this church that he kind of founded as he started speaking about Jesus, the, the great God that we heard about last night. As this, as this church kept on hearing the message of Jesus, they wanted more. They wanted more. They wanted to keep growing. They knew how great God is and just how crazy it is that God would love them. And so this letter has been written to help them keep wanting more and to help them keep loving more and serving more. So we're going to be thinking a bit about love today and the way that love grows. So first of all, so first of all love is from God. Uh, from verses, one to three, verses 3 to 6 that we've got there in front of us. I thank my God every time I remember you. This is Paul writing to this church that he loves. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This Philippian church is a church that is doing great stuff. And that's all because of what has been done in them through the message of Jesus. 
If you had to summarize the gospel, the good work that we see in verse 6 there, in 10 words or less, what would it be? Talk to the person next to you. What is the good news of Jesus in 10 words or less? You have 20 seconds. Go. Oh, yeah. Uh, can I get someone with a roaming mic to go around? Who has a microphone at the moment? Uh, Rory. Rory, do you have a microphone still? Rory. Can I get you to run, run the microphone around? Uh, I'd, love to hear, I'd love to hear some people. So what have we got? Hamish Lucas has got one right at the front. Okay. Uh, Hamish, what did you slash Ethan say is the good news of Jesus in 10 words or less? God died for, or Jesus died for us to, um, so we can have eternal life. Sorry, I lost count. Can you say that again, like one letter at a time? Jesus died for us so we can have eternal life. That's huge. Well done. <laughs> Jesus died for us so we can have eternal life. Thanks, Hamish. Who else? I saw Michael had one. Yeah. Sam, you're next. Uh, Jesus died on the cross to save our sins. To save our sins? No. I thought we didn't like our sins and we wanted saving oh, to from save, them. To save us. Nice. That. Jesus died on the cross to save us. Beautiful. Well done, well done. Sam's got one as well, Rory. So while you're there, yeah. Okay, the rule of like delegating, like you can't claim that someone else has an answer if you don't have one yourself. So Sam, wow. what have you got? No, no, Sam's got one. No, no, all good, all good. One more, one more. What is the good news of Jesus in 10 words or less? I'd love to hear from someone else. Yes, Ezra. <laughs> uh, God showed how much he loved us through Jesus' sacrifice. Well done. Wow. Well done. There's a contraction in there. Contraction. But I will we it. love contractions. That is excellent. Well done, guys. I hope that was a really helpful message for us. Because this is this message that we see here um, was begun in, oh, sorry, there was the partnership in the gospel. So in this good news of Jesus in this Philippian church. But then there was also the good work that is in them. The good work that is in this church that Paul's writing to that's doing a great job is this message. The message that... I forget all of the specifics, but that Jesus died for us and rose from the dead so that we can have life in him. Now, that's summarized. You did it in 10. I'll do it in three. Jesus is king. Jesus is king over death. Jesus is king over sin. And Jesus is king over us. That's what the good news of Jesus is, that he is the king, that he's the one in charge, that he's the one that we've invited in, and he's taking charge of every room in our house. Jesus is king. This is at work in this church here. This is at work in us today. The work that God is doing in us is from him. There's no room for us to say, you know what, I contributed a little to Jesus being king. Not at all. I contributed a little to, to Jesus rising from the dead. No, you didn't. As Christians, we know that we are loved by God. And that the love that is in us comes from God. And because we are loved by God, and the love that is in us is from God, that frees us. It frees us from worrying about ourselves. It frees us from, from thinking, are we good enough? 
Because the answer is no, we are sinners who love to do things apart from God. But love is from God. And when you trust in Jesus, when you accept his love for you, you are made entirely new. This good news of Jesus in 10 words or less or 100 words or three words, if you trust that Jesus is your king, you are made new and your identity is fully and completely changed. Um, another survey result from as I was chatting to some leaders last year, this is the question. My youth are confident of their identity in Christ. And this is something that I found really interesting. Uh, I think it's, it's really sad that only some of us, and for uh, quite a few groups, few of us are confident in our identity in Christ. Can I just say that I, I understand that? It's really hard to live as a Christian in a world like today. When we've got so many other messages flying at us from every direction and that as you guys are trying to form who you are as young people, the, the identity that you've been given by God kind of rubs up against where you fit in your social settings or your marks at school. But I want to encourage us to have a look at who Jesus says that we are, that our identity as God's children would trump everything else and give us full and complete confidence. Now, this is a heart thing. This is something that we can know and know and know, but this is really felt in our heart. It took me years and years to understand and grapple with this and continually to relearn the same truth that my love is from God. Love is from God. So you are God's children if you trust in Jesus. You are in Christ's death, so there is no need to fear that you somehow aren't good enough. You are in Christ's resurrection, so there is no need to fear death. And you at your very core are someone who Jesus, the great God of the whole universe, knows and loves intimately. There is no need to worry about this world. Paul, in another letter to the Colossian church, says this, and I want you to see the um, italics that are in there. The italics that are here, because this is our identity. These are things that happened to Jesus, and the same things are true of us. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Think about that. 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead, but we rose with him as we trust in him. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. This is who we are. This is our identity. We've died, we've been raised with Christ, and we will appear again. How incredible is that? Thank you, God. And this identity is then what starts and continues the Christian faith. Because love is from God, but love grows. Let's read this prayer that, uh, that Paul has in verses 9 to 11. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, not the day of Chris, uh, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. 
When it comes to the Christian life, our actions, our, our thoughts, our everything is shaped by the love that God has for us in Jesus and the love that is then continuing to grow in there. Because remember, this is a church that's got it right, like the Philippian church. They understand, but Paul still prays for them that they would love Jesus more and more and more and more. That is maturity. That's what following Jesus looks like, that our heart would be shaped more and more and more and more. Now, some of, some of my things that I like to do, uh, I go for walks and things like that. I did a lot of that during lockdown. Um, and one of the things that I really actually appreciated was being able to walk through places like uh, Wurunga Park. And now, this wasn't during lockdown, but I've heard that if you want to ask someone out, that Warunga Park's the place to take them after school. Um, Claire and I one time sat on a bench in the park and just watched, I reckon, about 20 young couples just like awkwardly walking through this park or sitting down and trying to maintain a conversation. It was beautiful. Um, to all you like love-struck teens out there, don't do it. But if you want to get to know someone, you need to spend time with them, right? If you want to get to know someone, and if you're in year 10 or above, then you can ask them, maybe on this camp. Don't do that. <laughs> Seriously, though, if we want to get to know someone and we want to get to, to like them, I'm not going to say love yet, but if we want to get to, to grow in our feelings for them, we have to spend time with them. Um, these people go to Warunga Park and awkwardly stand next to each other and, and talk about their favorite school subjects because they want to actually get to know people. In a, in a not weird way, we want to we do the same thing for Jesus. We want to spend time with him. We want to continue to learn what his interests and what his desires are. We want to know some of the things that he really appreciates. And we want to be able to share those things with him as well. And this is what Christian maturity is. Getting to know Jesus more and more and more. Our love for him growing more and more and more. And so we listen and we speak. Those are the two key things. We, we read and we pray. We listen and we speak as we get to know Jesus. And the more that you get to know Jesus, the more you know how much he loved us. As Barry shared last night and, and as I've learned in my life as well. This year is my 10th Christian birthday. I put my trust in Jesus in July of 2012, and, and I am so thankful for God, to God for the way that he's worked in me and helped me get to know Jesus more and more and more. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a tough slog. Even just in the last months, I've really felt acutely my, my arrogance and my, my selfishness. I've really found that the clumsy words that I say really actually hurt and affect other people. I see my pride, and I'm confronted with the darkness and the bitterness that is in my heart. Now, even as I'm trying to, to work things out, though, the love that God has for me is greater than my sin. The love that God has shown me in Jesus, that he started in the good news, is so much bigger than my sinfulness and my selfishness. 
And so if you're here today feeling a little far from God or feeling like your sin is maybe bigger and out of control than you can, can deal with, go to Jesus, whose grace is bigger. Jesus, who died to forgive you. Jesus, who died to take your sin and to help you love him more and more. This love grows inside of us, and the only way that it's going to grow is if there's the right conditions there. When giant bushfires start, they don't start in the middle of winter while it's raining. They start when there's the right conditions, right? If it's dry enough, and if there's enough dry leaves for the fire to sort of eat and to feed this fire so the fire can grow. It's the same for our relationship with Jesus. The, the conditions need to be there. Our, we need to be feeding ourselves with him. We need to be growing in love with him more and more and more. And so if, if you're like struggling and being like, mm, I'm not growing as a Christian, um, but the last time you prayed was four weeks ago and the last time you read your Bible was 2010, that's not going to help you grow as a Christian. We want to be feeding ourselves. We want to be listening to God. We want to be spending time with him. I don't say this to kind of help us feel guilty. That's not, that's not the plan. I want us to be free from guilt and go to the foot of Jesus. If you're struggling now, say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Please help me love you more. Love grows and love leads to obedience. And what we see in this passage today is that uh, the love will result in us obeying God more and more. You might see in the, in the same passage, there were two words in there that, give, that like show why we do this. It's like the purpose. A little Bible reading tip. Can we have the passage on the screen? Thanks, Rach. Um, so that. A little Bible reading tip. If you see a so that or a therefore or something like that, it's showing a purpose. It's showing this, so that, this. Paul is, is praying that their love would abound more and more for this church so that they would be able to discern what is best, so that they would be able to work out what is best as they follow Jesus and would be pure and blameless. Now, this might seem a little bit like an English lesson, but it's really helpful as we listen to God's word that we actually take in what was written and we actually listen to the meaning of what the original writers were saying. God wants his people to grow in love that he has started in them so that they will work out what's best for following Jesus. Because maturity is knowing God more, is loving him more, and is obeying him more. Jesus is our savior. He's a great savior indeed, but he's not just the savior. He's our king as well. He forgives us when we screw up. But he calls us to turn from ourselves and to follow him. Love is obedience. Now, I want you to chat to the person next to you again. Who is someone in a movie or a book or a game or something like that that just commands ultimate authority and everyone obeys them no matter what? Have a chat to yourself. 20 seconds, person next to you. Who's someone that everyone obeys? Yep. Um, Rory, can I get you to run the microphone around again? Thanks. 
Okay, if you've got someone in mind that just everyone obeys no matter what, hand up. Rory will, Rory will come around. We're going to take three responses. <clears throat> Shrek. Is that true? <laughs> Shrek is love, Shrek is life, but I don't know if everyone completely obeys Shrek. Uh, we got some down here. The queen. Who? The Queen. Does everyone obey the Queen? I think people like respect the Queen, but do people obey the Queen? Okay, sure. Like The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson, just as a person. Everyone, like you just kind of have to, right? Yeah, okay, let's take that. Let's take that. Oh, we've got one more, one more junior high up the front. King John Un. In a way, <laughs> it's out of line, but it's right. Now, let's, let's not think about that example. Let's think about The Rock, because he's like, he is an absolute mountain of a human, right? He is scary. If he told me to do 100 push-ups, I would do about four and then pass out and die. Um, people listen to people in authority, and people obey people in authority, often out of fear. Like with The Rock, if he, um, if he was like, do this, I'd be like, yes, I'm sorry. Um, but as we, as we look at Jesus, there's a right fear like we looked at last night. We need to fear and respect him. But it's not just fear. It's also out of love. Remember what's feeding this obedience here, what's feeding us wanting to be pure and blameless. It's the love that is in us. It's a fear of Jesus, but it's also a love for him. We are his children. We are children of God, so we are going to listen to him and obey now, there's a phrase in there, it's discern what is best. We don't really use the word discern much these days, but it's kind of just like work out what's best for following Jesus and having wisdom as we do this. Like I said earlier, we're living in a world where it's just so hard to work out what's right. It's so hard to work out what's good for following Jesus. You open your phone and you get a barrage of advertisements and messages or you walk down, the, walk down the street and people are trying to sell you products about just all of these things, most of which you don't need and most of which will ultimately be harmful for your walk with Jesus. What is best? Are we listening to, to the wisdom of every single message? Because we can't listen to the wisdom of every single message and the wisdom of God as well. We want to be people who are grounded in what Jesus has to say. So that even if there are 100 voices screaming all at once, we can stop and we can listen and we can hear his voice. We need to grow up. We need to be mature. We need to stop and to listen to Jesus while we wait for him to return. It's time for wise words again, and hopefully the video might work first time. Oh, yes. Wise words. Wise words. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Sorry, I'm going to like dwell on it every time because it took me far too, far too long using Canva to make that happen. Um, we want to be able to work out what is best as we follow Jesus. And here is a quote from our good friend, Papa J-Mac, James Macbeth, uh, who is on the ministry team and father of three in this, uh, in this room and spiritual father of all of us. Um, he, he asks this question of us as we think about maturity and think about what is best as we work out 
how to obey Jesus. He says, are we being equipped to read and respond? There's some, some big words here, but that's okay. To the prevailing pressures and issues of our day. Our church members, our youth, are we discerning what is best with money, with time, with relationships, according to God's gauge, God's measure, or the world's wisdom? And James asks a really good question. Are we listening to the world's wisdom, that one, the world's wisdom, or are we listening to God's measure of what it looks like to keep growing in love and that that love would then shape obedience and submission to Jesus with everything, money, time, relationships, school, your future, your family, your friends, how you spend your time, everything, every single thing is submitted to Jesus as followers of Jesus, as we wholeheartedly follow him. Jesus is king, king over death and king over us. And so while we wait for him to return, grow in love for him, listen to him, Spend time with him. Work out ways that you can be obeying him. This is maturity in Christ. And this is what I pray for all of us. I'm going to invite the band up. And as I do, I'm going to pray the prayer that Paul does pray for the Philippians. Uh, But I'm going to pray that for you guys. So you might notice that I swap a few verses around. Uh, swap a few, few words around, but I'm praying for you that you would be growing in maturity. So I'll invite the band up and I'll pray this prayer. This, Lord, is my prayer. That Christ Church, youth, Christ Church Youth's love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we all may be able to discern what is best, may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of you. In Jesus' name, amen.